0: File fourteen of the LibriVox recording of The Greatest Thing in the World and Other Addresses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Greatest Thing in the World and Other Addresses by Henry Drummond. Address number four The Changed Life. Section number one The Changed Life. We all, with unveiled face, reflecting as a mirror, the glory of the Lord are transformed into the same image from glory to glory even as from the Lord the Spirit second Corinthians 318 the changed life I protest that if some great power would agree to make me think what is true and do what is right on the condition of being turned into a sort of clock and wound up every morning i should instantly close with the offer these are the words of mr huxley the infinite desirability the infinite difficulty of being good the theme is as old as humanity the man does not live from whose deeper being the same confession has not risen or who would not give his all tomorrow if he could close with the offer of becoming a better man i propose to make that offer now in all seriousness without being turned into a sort of clock the end can be attained under the right conditions it is as natural for character to become beautiful as for a flower and if on God's earth there is not some machinery for effecting it the supreme gift to the world has been forgotten this is simply what men were made for with browning I say that man was made to grow not stop or in the deeper words of an older book whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Let me begin by naming, and in part discarding, some processes in vogue already for producing better lives. These processes are far from wrong, in their place they may even be essential. One ventures to disparage them only because they do not turn out the most perfect possible work. The first imperfect method is to rely on resolution, on willpower. In mere spasms of earnestness there is no salvation. Struggle, effort, even agony have their place in Christianity, as we shall see. But this is not where they come in. In mid-Atlantic the other day, the Etruria, in which I was sailing, suddenly stopped. Something had gone wrong with the engines. There were five hundred able-bodied men on board the ship. Do you think if we had gathered together and pushed against the masts, we could have pushed it on? When one attempts to sanctify himself by effort, he is trying to make his boat go, by pushing against the mast. He is like a drowning man trying to lift himself out of the water by pulling at the hair of his own head. Christ held up this method almost to ridicule when he said, Which of you, by taking thought, can add a cubit to his stature? the one redeeming feature of the self-sufficient method is this that those who try it find out almost at once that it will not gain the goal another experimenter says but that is not my method i have seen the folly of a mere wild struggle in the dark i work on a principle my plan is not to waste power on random effort but to concentrate on a single sin. By taking one at a time and crucifying it steadily, I hope in the end to extirpate all. To this, unfortunately, there are four objections. For one thing, life is too short. The name of sin is Legion. For another thing, TO DEAL WITH INDIVIDUAL SINS IS TO LEAVE THE REST OF THE NATURE FOR THE TIME UNTOUCHED. IN THE THIRD PLACE, A SINGLE COMBAT WITH A SPECIAL SIN DOES NOT AFFECT THE ROOT AND SPRING OF THE DISEASE. IF ONE ONLY OF THE CHANNELS OF SIN BE OBSTRUCTED, EXPERIENCE POINTS TO AN ALMOST CERTAIN OVERFLOW THROUGH SOME OTHER PART OF THE NATURE. Partial conversion is almost always accomplished by such moral leakage, for the pent-up energies accumulate to the bursting point, and the last date of that soul may be worse than the first. In the last place, religion does not consist in negatives, in stopping this sin and stopping that. The perfect character can never be produced with a pruning knife but a third protests so be it I make no attempt to stop sins one by one my method is just the opposite I copy the virtues one by one the difficulty about the copying method is that it is apt to be mechanical one can always tell an engraving from a picture an artificial flower from a real flower. To copy virtues one by one has somewhat the same effect as eradicating the vices one by one. The temporary result is an overbalanced and incongruous character. Someone defines a prick as a creature that is overfed for its size. One sometimes finds Christians of this species overfed on one side of their nature but dismally thin and starved looking on the other the result for instance of copying humility and adding it on to an otherwise worldly life is simply grotesque a rabid temperance advocate for the same reason is often the poorest of creatures flourishing on a single virtue and quite oblivious THAT HIS TEMPERANCE IS MAKING A WORSE MAN OF HIM, AND NOT A BETTER. THESE ARE EXAMPLES OF FINE VIRTUES SPOILED BY ASSOCIATION WITH MEAN COMPANIONS. CHARACTER IS A UNITY, AND ALL THE VIRTUES MUST ADVANCE AT ONCE TO MAKE THE PERFECT MAN. THIS METHOD OF SANCTIFICATION, NEVERTHELESS, IS IN THE TRUE DIRECTION. IT IS ONLY IN THE DETAILS OF EXECUTION THAT IT FAILS. A FOURTH METHOD I NEED SCARCELY MENTION, FOR IT IS A VARIATION ON THOSE ALREADY NAMED. IT IS THE VERY YOUNG MAN'S METHOD, AND THE PURE EARNESTNESS OF IT MAKES IT ALMOST DESECRATION TO TOUCH IT. IT IS TO KEEP A PRIVATE notebook WITH COLUMNS FOR THE DAYS OF THE WEEK and a list of virtues with spaces against each for marks this with many stern rules for preface is stored away in a secret place and from time to time at nightfall the soul is arraigned before it as before a private judgment bar this living code was franklin's method and I suppose thousands more could tell how they had hung up in their bedrooms or hid in lockfast drawers the rules which one solemn day they drew up to shape their lives. This method is not erroneous, but somehow its success is poor. You bear me witness that it fails, and it fails generally for very matter-of-fact reasons most likely because one day we forget the rules all these methods have been named the self-sufficient method the self-crucifixion method the mimetic method and the diary method are perfectly human perfectly natural perfectly ignorant and as they stand perfectly inadequate it is not argued, I repeat, that they must be abandoned. Their harm is rather that they distract attention from the true working method, and secure a fair result at the expense of the perfect one. What that perfect method is, we shall now go on to ask. End of file 14